T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, my friends. That's right, hour number three here on KMOX at your service. We're going all the way till 11 o'clock tonight. 10.06 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Greg Damon hanging out with you tonight in the big chair here at KMOX. And we got some great stuff coming up this hour as well. Going to talk a little bit about racing. That's right, our good buddy Chris Blair joins us here from uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Chris, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here tonight on at your service on KMOX. Hey, Greg. Great to be here. Thank you. So, uh, you know, we uh, we didn't get to have you guys on last time we were on, uh, but, man, I'll tell you what, uh, Worldwide Technology got some fantastic news earlier this year. Yeah, you know, we've had a tremendous season, you know, all around. And then, uh, you know, we were able to finally make the announcement on uh, September the 15th that the uh, NASCAR Cup Series is finally coming to St. Louis. So it's, uh, you know, for the last uh, nine years or so, every morning when I got up, uh, head to work, headed into the racetrack. That was my number one goal: is you know, at least take one more step closer to achieving it. And uh, you know, it was a pretty big day for us—an emotional day for sure. Uh, to, you know, see it all come together, and you know, it's something we had known. Curtis and I had been working on this for a long time, and um, we knew something was up really, really early in the year uh, that things were falling into place. And uh, uh, NASCAR required us to sign a non-disclosure agreement as we were working on it, and. There's just so many people that were always you know, coming up and telling me what I should be doing to try to get a cup race. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I really just wanted to tell them, hey, we've already got one. So just, you know, just wait. Uh, only, a, only a couple of people out, outside of our inner circle uh, really uh, even knew what was happening going on there. And, uh, you know, I even swore uh, uh, my, my mom to secrecy and some other special <laughs> friends of mine to secrecy that, hey, we, we better uh, I'm let, let you know something. There's a reason I'm stressed. There's a reason. Uh, that you know things are going the way they're going. The reason I'm traveling so much, but you know it all came together, and uh, you know then it's it's just been so much so exciting. Um, I was at some neighbor's uh, house a few weeks ago, and I didn't even know they knew anything about racing. These are just folks I know from the neighborhood, and all they wanted to do was talk about the NASCAR race. And I'm um, seeing that everywhere I go. Uh, you know, people are stopping me, and uh, you know, if I'm wearing our logo on a shirt when I'm walking around, I'm getting stopped, and uh, people are talking about the race. And, you know, it's fantastic, and it's great to see so many people uh, who you wouldn't even associate as being a race fan. They're just excited that this is happening for St. Louis, finally, after all these years. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, St. Louis is a great sports town. Uh, we just were talking a little uh, football with Howard Howard Balzer uh, last hour about how the you know the St. Louis supported the uh, the Rams when they were here, but St. Louis supports any kind of sporting activity. Uh, around whether it's uh, blues hockey racing at you guys and and that was one of the things i mean hey you know we're right here smack dab in the middle of the midwest we need a big race like that well you know one of the great things talk about you know st louis being a great sports town and that's one of the things so when we we were recording nascar and trying to get them to come here the support we received from the blues the cardinals the soccer team uh, you know, all the, the leaders of those groups, they came together with us to meet with NASCAR to talk about how great things are in St. Louis. So this was a really a big community effort uh, of everybody just getting involved to uh, to make this happen. Uh, you know, and it, it was we had one meeting where we had all the key players from NASCAR in a room, and we had, uh, you know, Carolyn Kendall Betts. We had uh, uh, Chris Zimmerman from the Blues. We had DeWitts from the Cardinals and have that much horsepower in one room in addition to – uh, Dave Stewart from Worldwide Technology and Andy Taylor from Enterprise. Uh, it, it was absolutely phenomenal seeing all that power in one room, and they're all working on one common good. That's just you know make this uh, this town an even better sports town. Well, you know NASCAR has to look at hey look at uh, look at how much we got from the uh, NASCAR Camping World Series truck race that was here when the Nationwide race was here. But not only that, look at the IndyCar. Look at the the fan base for the IndyCar. That's one of the things that really caught their attention. And this this went back about two or three years ago. Uh, I'm pretty good friends with uh, Alex Bowman, who races in the Cup Series. And I'd asked Alex. I knew he was going to be sitting at home watching our race on TV. And I said, hey, do me a favor. At some point during the race, you know, tweet out about how cool it would be for the Cup Series to be racing at, at our track. And uh, a few minutes into the race, Jimmy Johnson puts out a tweet. And it was of the, the crowd. And he's commenting about how great the crowd is and what a great sports town. Uh, St. Louis is, and you know, Alex shot me back a text. He said, "Hey, somebody already beat me to it." And you know, to get Jimmy Johnson, you know, plugging us uh, when he didn't even have to. You know, I had, <laughs> kind of had to fix in a little bit with Alex. We were kind of scheming on that one. But you know, uh, when when Jimmy Johnson saw it and he tweets it out to all his followers, uh, people started noticing it that there was something special about what we were doing. And you know, the fans that supported that truck race uh, when it returned in 2014, it's been incredible as well. So we've had so many. Uh, big wins at our racetrack, and then you know just the consistency of our NHRA fans. Um, you know they they've been supporting that event now for years and years, and uh, you know it's it's just been tremendous. And uh, we you know can't thank uh, the race fans for making this happen. You know we look at St. Louis with the St. Louis Auto Racing Fan Club, all the short tracks that we have around here. Uh, all those people have, you know really come together. Kenny Wallace uh, lobbying on our behalf. Uh, you know, it, it was a group effort, so it's been great to see all this happen. And, you know, we were – our fans, they spoke very loud, <laughs> loudly by showing up in the grandstands, and that, that sent the message to everybody that, hey, this is a racing town. Yeah, absolutely. I got to tell you, I am I am so, so excited for NASCAR to be here. Now, is, is there anything that you have to do to the track uh, for NASCAR, any improvements or anything like that? We're doing a lot of fan-facing improvements <clears throat> that, you, that a lot of the folks will see. You know, we we did the resurfacing of the racetrack right. Uh, right before IndyCar. That was a $2 million uh, makeover that we did. But, you know, we're in the process of, of trying to do a lot of different things uh, that will improve it overall for the fans. With, you know, the improved uh, Wi-Fi, uh, doing a lot of changes on the concessions underneath the grandstands. Uh, we're going to be upgrading some things inside of our infield. 
Uh, the only real changes we're going to be making to the racetrack uh, or would be some additional paving on the inside apron on the back stretch. We're going to be installing a little bit more uh, safer barrier. Uh, but one of the primary focuses that we're working on is the wow factor. Uh, we want people when they you know walk into the stadium or to the racetrack to feel like they're walking into a major stadium. You know, I even I've been traveling around. I was in, in Seattle last week for an NFL game because I wanted to do some research and spend some time with some friends out there and you know take notes of what's happening, what the NFL is doing, and uh, taking a look at what other sports are doing, what other racetracks are doing. Because when we when people walk into our racetrack, we want them to say wow. They want we want them to have a great experience, and we want to keep them entertained. So that it's not a, a one and done. We want people to put this on their calendar. We want to make this a tradition here in St. Louis, kind of like our NHRA races. There's so many people that plan around NHRA and they do countdowns for that event. We want to do, deliver that same thing with this race. And you know, with IndyCar, we we attract about 60% out of town uh, customers and 40% in town. What we want to do with this NASCAR race, we know there's going to be a lot of out of town folks coming, but we want to build on the, our own fan base so that. Uh, when tickets go on sale, they get gobbled up by the locals. That's our goal, and uh, you know we're really pushing for that. I got to tell you again, I'm so excited to uh, to have NASCAR right here in our backyard. I mean, first of all, the the job that that you and Curtis have done uh, since you guys have taken over the track is just amazing. Uh, I still I, I think it's a world class facility now, and I don't know anybody that doesn't come here, fans or drivers, that go. Yeah, I really don't like it. Everybody loves it when they come here. Yeah, and you know, that's one of the things that we're really excited about, too, is with the package that they announced for NASCAR for next year, you know, we're going to be one of those uh, uh, one of those tracks that gets to have the high horsepower, low downforce, uh, 750 horsepower cars, low downforce. That's going to make some really exciting racing, and that's one of the great things about our track. We're not a cookie cutter. We're not one of those... Uh, uh, the tracks that they go to, and it looks like the same thing every week. There's something different about our racetrack. And, you know, the the other great thing, too, is, uh, you know, we're the only track now in the country that hosts NASCAR, IndyCar, and NHRA, in addition to all the other things that we do. Wow, so I didn't know that. To be, yeah, we're the, we're the only one on the planet now. And, uh, the, you know, so that is really something I'm proud of that we were able to accomplish that. And, you know, part of the, the reason the drivers, I think, like coming here, too, is just the overall feel that they get. Uh, when they were showing the, show up into town, our fans make them feel special. Uh, you know, we our, our team is at the races. I've had somebody at just about every NASCAR race this year, whether it's you know Declan O'Neill in our sales department, Tony Sizemore over on our marketing department, myself, Curtis. There's so many of us that are out going to races and trying to make those connections so that the the drivers will be able to identify and know that there's a personality behind the racetrack. And we've done that whether it's going to the Chili Bowl every year and hanging out with some of the drivers. Or you know just or you know, seeing them when they're racing at some of the local dirt track short track events, we we want to show to them we are genuine. We're, we're this is the, probably the only racetrack that is really run by race fans. Uh, everybody that works at our place, they're going to be going to a race in their off time because it's what they love. So that transfers over and it helps with the enthusiasm that they the racers know that they're appreciated, and in return they show us a lot of love when it comes time to go racing. Well, that's just—it's uh, amazing what, uh, as I said, what you guys done, and I and I just love it about the about the track and everything else over there. So, t- give us a skinny here for folks who want more information. Where can they go to get tickets? When is the event? Actually, just give us all the big three events. <laughs> well, so I'm mean, you're you're testing my memory a little bit here, but yeah. So the NASCAR weekend, we'll start out with NASCAR trucks on June 4th and the Cup Series on June 5th. 
Uh, IndyCar is coming back on uh, August the 20, uh, 19th and 20th next year uh, with the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. And then the NHRA Midwest Nationals uh, will be taking place September 30th through October 2nd, 2022. Uh, right now we're in the, the process of allowing fans to make deposits so they can get the first shot at, uh, at the tickets uh, you know, for those big events. We, you know, we're making sure that we take care of the fans who've taken care of us. So people who are existing ticket buyers get first shot at the best seats. Uh, and you know, we're going to be announcing what all of our ticket prices and packages are going to look like on November 1st because there's a lot of different things going on, a lot of the changes that we're making. Uh, we're going to be able to do a lot of different things. So we're you know, scrambling right now, putting packages together, what other entertainment components are going to look like. Uh, so all that will be announced on November the 1st. Then we'll start the pre-sale. Uh, with a goal of it being on sale to the general public, uh, to the, the people who made the deposits by November the 15th, and then we'll open it up to everybody else in early December so that people can be getting uh, those tickets uh, for Christmas gifts. So that's, uh, you know, just go to www.tracewaycom or if you follow us on social at www.tracewaycom, uh, you can get in the loop and know about everything that we have going on. All right, fantastic, Chris. Hey, thanks so much for uh, staying up with us here on KMOX tonight and just filling us in on that. I got to tell you, super excited, man. Uh, I just can't. Well, hey, I, I can't wait for it. Hey, you're helping me out. I'm in the process of driving uh, eastbound and down right now. I'm dragging a trailer that has a uh, the Rankin <laughs> College drift car in the trailer, and we're going uh, drifting with my son tomorrow in Salem, Indiana. So it's uh, still got about three or four more hours of driving to go. So getting to talk to you is a big help along right. the way. Fantastic. Hey, then stay safe, Chris, all right? We sure will. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, that's uh, Chris Blair here at Worldwide Technology Raceway, hanging out with us, talking about the uh, NASCAR race, all sorts of great events. I'm telling you what, they put on a great package over there. Check them out, uh, www.raceway.com. Excuse me. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Coming back, we're going to talk a little gambling. That's right. Stick around. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. 1023 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. You are listening to KMOX. That's right, at your service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight, and uh, we're having some fun doing all sorts of stuff, learning about stuff. We're just trying to figure it out as well. Hey, folks, we're going to talk a little bit uh, gambling coming up here. My good friend David Sharp, that's right, he's Average Joe Gambler. That's my nickname for him, Average Joe Gambler. It's a, I shouldn't say that. that's probably really his nickname for himself. He's been uh, kind enough to hang out with us here in studio tonight, and uh, we're going to talk a little about uh, gambling. That's what he does. David, thanks for uh, coming down and hanging out with us. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. Hey, absolutely. So uh, I, we, we're talking off air. I mean, you know, we've been friends for a long time, talking, uh, I guess, earlier this week or last week about some stuff, and I uh, wanted to have you on, talk a little about uh you know, a couple of good things going on. We got the World Series of Poker going on right now, which uh, I know a lot of people out there in KMOX land are uh, uh, just loving that, watching the uh, tournament go on and on. I tell you what, man, that's pretty high pressure for me. I like them nickel dime quarter cards when I play. Well, then you wouldn't belong at the World Series of Poker. No, no I, I can't even. I, no, I, no, I can't even walk past the room. So it's the most well known uh, tournament in the world. Right. You uh, win a bracelet. I did not win a bracelet, but I have tried to play for many. 
Well, I was going to say, you win, the, that's what the championship wins. I mean, obviously a boatload of money, but you get a bracelet as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, that's the cool thing about it. Uh, I guess they don't have it at Binion's anymore? What was no, that? It's, it's been at the Rio for many years in their convention area. I got you. So you've actually played in the World Series of Poker. Tell us about the, uh, I guess, how do you get started in that? Do you got to be ranked to get in there, or how does that go? So that's the greatest thing uh, about poker is I can go and sit right next to all the pros. I get to play. It's not like football. I can't go pay $10,000 and go get to play on an NFL team. I get to sit next to the best in the world as long as I put up my money. Well, my favorite is uh, Steve Matisak. Matisal. Matisal. Mike Matisal. Mike Matisal. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. the mouth. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting character. Yeah, I I do like watching him uh, when I see him out there. He he really kind of psychs out the other players. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's fantastic. He you know most of that stuff is just to take other people off their game, but he's a little out there, and that's why I love him so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know that's one of the things about me. As I said, I'm a I I love to play cards, but you know I'm I'm a guy who likes that money coming in. I don't like that money going out, and I'm not really good of of, of a big bluffer. So uh, you know I like just playing, hanging with my buddies. But man, I got to tell you, if I had a guy like him sitting in my table, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's really neat? I was very fortunate in 2014. Uh, I was uh, somebody put up the money for me to play in the main event, which cost ten thousand dollars, and it was probably an experience of a lifetime because uh, not many times in my life am I going to be putting up ten thousand dollars to sure. play poker. Right. Um, I can tell you that the whole week leading up, I was most nervous in my life uh, as a poker player all of my adult life, which is over thirty years. Uh, I couldn't wait for the moment. I'm nervous. I'm sweating. I sit down. Well, you have to qualify, though. You have to no. go through all the tables. To... A- a- absolutely not. Oh, okay. $10,000, you're in. That's the best part about it. Anybody who has the money can show up and sit next to the pros and play with them. I- I'm assuming these pros probably look at you and go, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, I'm gonna eat you for lunch. Yeah, I mean, that's what they think. But uh, a lot of amateurs, uh, especially with all the content that's available now and training that's out there, uh, a lot of amateur poker players are, are doing real well can hold their own. So what is the, what you know, I, I shouldn't even say this. I, when I watch this stuff, I really don't even understand how to play the game. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> don't laugh at me like that. You can't laugh at me like that. You know, I, I mean, I, as I said, you know, I, I like playing poker with my buddies. Um, but when it comes to that, I, I, I guess maybe I just probably can't follow the cards as well. All right. So it's real, it's real easy to learn. So it's an easy game to learn, especially Texas Hold'em. I could teach anybody how to play within a few minutes. Uh, to play well is a whole nother issue. Well, I don't want you taking my money. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> so tell us about how, how do you, first of all, how do you start playing the game? And then we'll get into a little bit more stuff. Okay. So, you know, I started just like in my teenage years, just playing with my buddies like you are with, with your friends. Uh, when I was 18 years old, I moved out to Arizona and I found a social club, which was, uh, had a poker involved. And that's where I, uh, really learned how to play. And this and, is Texas Hold'em? Uh, not, I didn't start with Texas Hold'em, wasn't even okay. out in the casinos at that point. So I started with a game called uh, Omaha, which is a four-card high-low split game. Kind of difficult to learn, Greg. Uh, but what it did is teach me the basic betting and what hands beat what. Sure. And that's, and that's how I progressed. Uh, Texas Hold'em came along years later, and uh, it's a lot easier to learn, and it's a much faster game than the game that I learned on. And a lot of poker players like to uh, play a faster game. If you're good. Well, yeah, the more hands you see, well, right, if you're good. 
Right. The more hands you see uh, in the long run, the more it gives you an opportunity to make money. Okay. And I guess it's, you know, the really strategy is, is you want to really kind of buy the players out. By, so, you know, so bluffing is if that's the if that's the word you're using and, and put pressure on. I I like to use put pressure on. It's more okay. of a feel for the game. Uh, you can sit there and just play your own cards, and uh, and and see what's on the board and just play your own hand. But the art and the skill level comes into being able to push people around with your chip stack, and being able to read, look at someone else by their actions, and being able to tell what they have without them showing your cards. Well, yeah, you have to be a you have to be proficient at knowing basically what everybody else has around the table. I mean, that's 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 what makes a better player. And that's got. I mean, that's got to take years to learn that. What time's the game next week? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so tell us. So you you went on. Now you're in. Uh, let's just talk about uh, playing the finals there. Okay. So what, after I sat down, I'm I'm really nervous. But once I got in tune with the table, won my first hand. It was just like any other tournament I played. I my nerves relaxed, and I just playing my game. And I had a really good day one. You know, it's a week long tournament. You know, at the end of the tournament, uh, first place is eight million dollars, and you have to get that out of your head, especially somebody like me who this is might be a once in a lifetime opportunity. You, know, you just have to relax or try to relax and just play your game that you know how. And and that's what I did. I relaxed and I made it through day one, and I actually had a really good day one. Uh, when we get into day two, unfortunately, there's a day in between day one and day two. So that's when it starts really sinking your head. Well, we've made it past day one, and now day two, now it, it gets in your head a little bit as the day goes on. And the further you go, you know, it's it's harder to contain yourself. Sure, absolutely. Um, I did not have a, a, a good day two. Um, uh, headed into day three, um, I played bad. And that's uh, that's just what happened to me, and I ended up uh, about a couple hundred people from the min- minimum cash. So, I mean, I, I always thought that th- when they show that that you had to play play your way up to the to the final table, you know, you have to go through preliminaries. I didn't know that you could just buy into it. Yeah. So any any poker uh, World Series of Poker event, that's that's what it is. There are events where you have to win your way in, but uh, there's not many of those that I know of. Um, anybody can show up at any casino at any time and buy their way in to whatever event that's going on. As long as you have the money, you can get in. So that $10,000, that's just for you to get a seat at the table. That's not your betting money. No. So what, what happens in a tournament is I pay the $10,000 to get in. And I started with a mythical chip stack, which is of 30000 So I have $30,000 in casino chips, but they're not real value chips. That's just the value denominations on the chip. Okay. And the person with the chips, all the chips at the end of the tournament wins. So it's really not, they're not really betting that money when you see them on TV. No, they're not. So when you see somebody bet 2.5 million in a tournament, those are tournament chips. The big, ah. the most they risked is the $10,000. See, that's where I didn't know here. I'm thinking now oh, that's why it's even scared me more. It's like, man, what are you, what are you crazy? I couldn't imagine throwing that kind of money down. Yeah, I couldn't even handle I that. Mean, I mean, I I don't like throwing $10 down on a craps table. So uh, I, I understand. You know, I like that money coming in. I don't like that money going out. So someone like me uh, as a poker player, I look at it as an investment. You know, it's return sure. on investment over the long time, over my whole entire life, right? You can make it a month. You can make it a year. You can use your whole life as a, as a way of finding out if you're a winning player or not. But I, I don't look at one tournament 
as the end all. You know, the more you enter, it's how you how you do at the end. Well, sure. That's what it is. I mean, you have to keep going. I mean, if that's if that's I mean, that makes me feel a lot better now that, you know, you're really not risking all that money once you buy it in. I thought you had to buy it in and then you supply the rest of the money for the rest of the tournament. No, no, it's just the buy-in. Uh, they, well, World Series of Poker is great. They've done so many different things. They have 98 events this year, all the way from 500, all the way up into hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, I mean, this is really a game that that just average Joe can just come in and play. And, in fact, it's it's mostly of average Joes going to Vegas and thinking about getting that bracelet. Now, what about local tournaments here in the, in the Midwest? Uh, yeah, on a smaller level, but it's the same kind of mentality. You know, uh, people travel from all around, especially come here in St. Louis and play in uh, these bigger tournaments that we have. And uh, it's just, it's the same mentality. You know, you it's mostly just built of, you know, everyday average average guys playing. There are some pros that do come to play in these. And, you know, a lot of times they do go home with the, with the main prize. But, you know, every once in a while we'll get a local or uh, somebody that just plays on the weekends that, that'll take home the big prize. I want to. We're going to take a quick break, David. But I want to come back. I want to talk a little about some of the pros that are on the circuit now. Some of their, uh, I guess, some of their quirks and stuff like that. Because I mean, it is kind of funny when you see some of these guys. All right, fantastic folks. We are visiting with David Sharf. Talk a little bit about betting, about gambling. Talk a little World Series of Poker. Got some other stuff we're going to talk about as well. You're listening to KMOX at your service. Going to do a little business. We'll be back. Stick around. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This Sunday, the Chiefs are in Washington to take on the football team. And you can hear the game here. Touchdown, Kansas City! Pre-game at 11, kickoff 12 noon. On your home for Chiefs football, KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. 1039, your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. You're listening to KMOX at your service. Greg Damon hanging out with you tonight. And uh, we're talking a little gambling. That's right. You know, sports betting is becoming bigger and bigger as well. It seems like a lot of stuff of that. David Scharf, Average Joe Gambler, is in the house talking a little gambling. And again, uh, David, thanks for hanging out with us and uh, coming down to the studio tonight. Uh, so happy to be here, Greg. So we were talking a little about the World Series of Poker, and, uh, you know, for me, as I said, you know, it, some things that you've already lightened up for me that I didn't know, but for me, it's kind of like watching some of these characters, and that's what I call them. I mean, I call them characters. When you see them out there on the table, you know, guys with the headphones and the sunglasses, not paying, acting like they're not paying attention, but they're really right in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially when you talk about the sunglasses, they're paying attention to everything that's going on. They know they don't know exactly what's happening. They don't want you to be able to see their eyes and get a read on them. 
Absolutely. Right. And that's the big thing. I mean, obviously, as we talked earlier, you don't, you know, you you really want to read the uh, table to see, see what you think they have in their hand. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely, Greg. I'm going to tell you that most people don't even know that they have a poker tell. And once these pros pick up on it, uh, they're going to eat you up. What kind of what kind of stuff would be the uh, poker tell? You know, anything you do with your hands. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Rounders? I have not. Okay, well, the movie Rounders, anybody who has seen it, uh, there's there's parts in it where they pick up on people's tells, right? They scratch their forehead when they're bluffing, you know, or they'll they'll uh, shake their hand, they'll wipe their forehead, they'll put their hand, their chin on their face, like you know, like their elbow on the table. Sure. Any anything that a poker pro can pick up on, they're going to. And you were talking earlier about all the training and stuff. I'm assuming this is over the internet to where are, are there sites and stuff that talk about things like this. So uh, you. You don't think you really want to make it easier for your opponent, but a lot of poker pros have come out with books. They do seminars. They'll they'll teach people. It'll charge people, but they'll teach people how to play, and it'll make the amateur better. And it's harder to beat them when you actually play them. Well, I, I certainly would think so for sure. I mean, for a guy that wants to get into something like that, or even I guess playing with your buddies or playing in a casino. I mean, that's the way to go, right? Yeah, absolutely. You want to. I mean, the whole point is to win. Or if you're just playing for fun, you you want to have bragging rights. But the only way to do that is to get better at your at your craft. So, what are some of the ways that you think that uh, some of these poker players have done in their lifetime to be where they are today? So, a lot of reading, a lot of articles, uh, a lot of reading uh, of books that are out there. Also, I'm going to tell you that there's nothing that supplements playing time. The hours in the people that put hours and hours in of actual playing time and learning from their own mistakes. That's huge. That's really the only way to get better. I couldn't imagine being a professional gambler, uh, doing something like that to where that's that's my job. That's what I expect out of my income. Yeah, you know it. it it's a you know hard way to make an easy living. You know <laughs> the hours you have to put in, the time you have to put in. Uh, it is a job. It's an absolute job, and I you know I see it on a daily basis. Um, it's something that I tried, and I just never could get over the top and and do it myself for a living. So what? let's get back to some of these characters. What do you think, uh, or I guess who do you think are some of the top players in the world and, and, and some of their idiosyncrasies? Well, uh, I have to start with Phil Hellmuth. Uh, his nickname's the Poker Brat. Uh, he's a little bit older than me, and uh, he's really something else. I, I've, I've known of him personally uh, for over 20 years, and uh, he's really something special. Uh, he acts out. He'll cuss at people. He'll berate them even on TV and it seems it seems that's just not the right not way right way to approach it but he gets away with it and it's part of his game he wants to get underneath your skin and uh, he, ex- he exposes people's weaknesses with it well that's what uh, Mike the mouth I mean that's the same thing I mean I see him and a and a guy almost get into a fist fight where they had to come in and break it up yeah he's special that's for sure <laughs> is that what you go to is, is he special well you know, he's definitely a character. You know, I myself, uh, um, you know, people that know me when I play, uh, I've been known to uh, step out of line a, a few times and and uh, show how I feel about what happened. Do you think now, do you think a lot of these guys do this uh, uh, on purpose or do you think that they're genuinely upset? I, I just think, uh, you know, that's the, that's their uh, personality. Uh, they're going to just let it out. That's how they, they let it out. And sometimes I think they're they're doing it on purpose and sometimes I don't think they can control themselves. So how often does these poker tournaments last? If you're in a World Series of Poker, how long does that last before, you know, you think it? I, I guess there's really no time limit, right? 
So it, they are they are based on they have it down to a science. You know, uh, you enter a fifteen hundred dollar event. It's usually a three day event before it's over. Uh, the main event takes about a week to finish to get everybody to, through that many people. Wow. I mean, we're talking between you know four and eight thousand people that have to be eliminated to get down to one. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Some events have you know some smaller events, some games that aren't played commonly. Uh, most of the poker pros like to play. They're different versions of poker. You'll get some tournaments with only three hundred players, and it, it'll still last three days. Uh, but that's about the average World Series of Poker event. And it's all for how much money now? Uh, millions <laughs> upon millions. Man, I need to change my job. I guess that's. That, I need to do something. Well, you know, if that would that was that easy, we'd all be doing That's it. That's true, I guess. That's true. I got to do a little bit more business here. David, hang out. We got some more stuff. I want to transfer and uh, talk a little bit about horse racing and uh, something that uh, uh, I know near and dear to your heart, horse racing. But I want to ask a question about the Kentucky Derby, what happened with that. Stick around. We're talking gambling. Sharp in the house. We're talking some gambling here on At Your Service on KMOX. More to come. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back, everybody. 10.50 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Greg Damon, KMOX, at your service, coming into the last segment of the evening, going till 11 o'clock. We are talking a little gambling. That's right, David Scharf, Average Joe Gambler, is hanging out with us here in studio. Uh, David, I do want to ask you real quick before we uh, start getting into it. You know, it seems like uh, sports betting is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger uh, throughout. I mean, obviously now we have... Uh, um, you know, with the, the ballets taking over some TV uh, TV uh, stations, and it seems like uh, more and more gambling is becoming legalized on sports betting. Where do you see this going? Well, I'm very excited for the St. Louis area. We already have it in the state of Illinois, and soon to be coming in the state of Missouri. And when that happens in this area, it's just going to absolutely go through the roof. It's going to explode. Absolutely, looking forward to it. So, uh, obviously, horse racing big to you. Uh, I know you follow it daily. Uh, you do a lot of different stuff with the horse racing. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, back in the Kentucky Derby, uh, had a horse that won. All of a sudden, the trainer, one of the most famous trainers of all, Bob Baffert, uh, saying that he is um, did some illegal stuff to his horse, I guess the best I could say. Yeah, so the best, uh, the best way to put it is, uh, you know, Medina Spirit won the Kentucky Derby this year, and uh, a few days later, uh, they found a, a drug called betamethasone, uh, 21 picograms, which doesn't sound like a lot, and it's not a lot. And the horse came up positive in the state of Kentucky. Uh, that's illegal. Can't do it. And all it is is a therapeutic for a rash uh, on the horse. And you could see in the post parade that the horse had some kind of skin irritation, and uh, that's what the assistant trainer had used uh, on on the horse. So where does they go from there? I mean, if that's – I mean, do they have <laughs> – I, I guess it's just like any other athlete with banned substances. You know, you can't uh, just like the Olympic uh, runner who got uh, didn't get to go to the Olympics because ingested some illegal drugs. I guess kind of the same thing. Yeah, same thing. But uh, here's when you're talking about the most well-known trainer in the world. He had four infractions within 13 months before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and once it came out in the Kentucky Derby, the, people started to pay more attention to the infractions that happened previously. So what do you mean by infractions? What was that? Well, come up uh, positive drugs. You know, I'll give you, for instance, like uh, the two the two before the Derby were lidocaine infractions. Nothing that would make the horse run any faster, but not legal to have in your system. It's a therapeutic. Well, Lido- it would ease pain. Absolutely. But uh, not necessarily make not enough in their system to make 
the horse run faster. And what it was was the assistant trainer was supposedly wearing lidocaine patches. What? Yes, the assistant trainer was wearing lidocaine. This is the story that came out of his barn. The assistant trainer's wearing lidocaine patches. And I'm going to tell you something, Greg. I've worn lidocaine patches, and they are very sticky. But there's not enough lidocaine in there to come up positive, I wouldn't think, on a horse. I mean, this is just what's weird sounding to me. It sounds weird. I personally have worn these patches. They're saying that off his fingers, on the tongue of the horse, and enough of it to be positive in not only one, but two of his horses that are running in grade one million-dollar races. Sounds a little fishy to me. You know, it it sounds a little off. But so now we head to the Derby. This This is where it becomes a little off for me. So 21 picograms of this betamethasone, right? If this race was run in the state of California, he would have been slapped on the wrist with a $500 fine and never would have made the news. Okay. So in the state of Kentucky, this level is, of betamethasone is illegal. So what you're saying is horse racing really is not, uh, um, I guess, the rules really don't apply across the United States. It, they're different in every jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Gotcha. Yeah. So what about in the state of Illinois with Fairmount Fairmont Park. I, I don't. I don't know their okay. levels, but we're not talking about million dollar races in it. So, so what's going to happen with Bob Baffert? I mean, this guy has you know trained world class horses for as long as I can remember, and so, I'm just an and I'm just a, a a guy looking on the outside, looking in for horse racing. I'll leave you with this: a lot of his horses are being sent to other barns. A lot of his owners are taking his horses away. He still does have some quality stock left, but it's it's minimal compared to what he's. What he has to do. So this this has just basically ruined him. Um, for right now, let's see how it comes out. He's barred from the state of uh, for two years from the state of Kentucky, and he's barred from the state of New York right now until this uh, this court case is resolved. And do you think that he le- uh, illegally did this to the horse? Well, you know, my my opinion is like little boy cried wolf. No, I get that. I'm yeah. asking for your opinion. You're you know, uh, well, I mean, yes, my opinion is yes. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. And I, I, but I want to leave you with this, Greg. Uh, I did have a future bet on his horse in the Kentucky Derby at 25 to 1. Right. And I am glad he won. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, too. So, um, but I mean, it, it just seems kind of crazy. I, I, I guess I don't know. As I said, you know, I mean, uh, you, you, you think about uh, world class athletes, uh, but I guess horses the same way. I guess dogs are the same way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it's not legal. If you have one Kentucky Derby horse, he's blaming it on his assistant trainer, some guy that uh, that said that the horse peed in the stall and the horse ate the hay, and that's how he became positive, but that's not really what happened. If you have one horse is a tra- the biggest trainer in the world in a Kentucky Derby, don't you want your personal hands on that horse? Yeah, uh, You would think so. That's you what I'm certain, talk, That's what I'm saying. You, you would certainly think so. Hey, David, thanks for hanging out with us. For folks with more information, where can they go? Uh they can reach me at AverageJoeGambler at gmail.com, and my Twitter feed is at GamblerAverage. All right. David Sharp, thanks so much for joining us. Folks, that's going to wrap up this edition of At Your Service here on KMOX. Hope you had fun, much fun as I did tonight as well. Stick around. we got more stuff to come. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.